Welcome to Polywanna Podcast, a polyamory podcast. I'm your host, Britt Vosicek. In this season, we're going on deep dives into polyamory and all the aspects of ourselves that it brings up. No filter, no bullshit, and no unicorn hunting. Enjoy the show. I'm curious about polyamory. So this is a really vague way of saying that I would love some more information, but I really don't know which questions to ask, which is fine. Polyamory is kind of a buzzword. A lot of people are opening up to non-monogamy and talking about open relationships in the media. And a lot of those examples don't have um, solid advice or information that can help someone start on their own journey. And normally the examples that they provide aren't actually super healthy because really healthy relationships don't make for good entertainment, right? So I, I understand how people can be curious and it's really difficult to answer all of the questions about polyamory in a finite sentence. Um, but opening up to non-monogamy, if you've never done it before, just requires a lot of inner work and a lot of research. And if you're kind of exploring it in the midst of relationships, it can also require a lot of communication skills and a lot of humble and vulnerable attitudes that might be new to you. And so to give all of that to a person in one little bite isn't really possible. So when people say that they're curious about polyamory or they're interested in the lifestyle, the first thing that I recommend is to try to find their community where they are, because the best way to learn is to speak with someone that you're close to geographically or that you resonate with emotionally online so that you can kind of have a sounding board when you're going through this stuff. If you're already partnered, I really don't recommend having your partner be the only person that you have to talk to about polyamory. That's really unhealthy. And there are plenty of people in the world all over that have explored this lifestyle that would probably be happy to talk to you. Um, I offer coaching services and I, I will give some resources at the end about how to access some coaching services, but I highly recommend having some kind of support. And so that's the first answer that I have for people that are curious about polyamory. And the second kind of underlying question when people are curious is how do I get started? And that's different for everyone. So I'm going to start with if you're opening up from a relationship and then if you're starting being single. And I think that even if you're single, hearing how to open up from a relationship is really important because sometimes even if we start as a single polyamorous person, we can fall back into our codependent tendencies and end up in a two-partner situation pretty quickly. Um, so I'm going to start with the opening up and then I'll move on to how to start from single. And I'll say right now, um, even as someone who's been doing this a long time and gets a lot of feedback and information, I actually don't have a formula for opening up your relationship. I get a lot of people asking me, how do I bring it up to my spouse or my partner that I want to be non-monogamous? And that's a question that I honestly can't answer. Um, your relationship has a lot of unique qualities to it and a lot of history that I'm not a part of. And if you don't feel like you have the safety or communication to bring this up to your partner on your own, then I would start by bringing up that issue to your partner rather than non-monogamy. So maybe letting them know um, that there's some kind of communication or closeness that you're looking for that you don't feel safe in yet and see if they're open to maybe going to couples counseling um, or sitting down and discussing it with you. 
I found that journaling with my partner is useful. So maybe finding a couple topics around, um, you know, jealousy or insecurity that you might be feeling and starting there. And then once you get to the point where you feel open and communicative enough, then maybe you'll be ready to bring up non-monogamy. But unfortunately, there's no script. There's no way that you can say it that's not going to blow up in your face. You know what I mean? And you do have to be prepared for whatever reaction that they're going to have. And if this is something that you've been thinking about for a long time without talking to them, then you kind of have to be responsible for the consequences of any actions that you took during that time. For example, if you downloaded a dating app or if you've been flirting with someone or talking to someone else, those might be a breach of the monogamy that you've already set. And so you will have to discuss that openly and take responsibility and apologize for that piece of it and then sit with the healing from that before you can move forward. And I, I do not recommend um, cheating as a way of opening up a relationship. And I know that it can be hard. And it's difficult when someone um, didn't know that ethical non-monogamy was an option which as we move further and further into the future becomes less and less of an excuse. But if that does feel true for you, I recommend seeing a professional together. I think that couples counseling and couples coaching is definitely the way to go when you're opening up a relationship because otherwise you may project those unprocessed feelings onto anyone that comes into the relationship from the outside. So even if you don't decide to go with a professional, conversations with your partner are super, super important. Every scenario you can possibly think of, simulate it in your head. Um, Both of you can find someone that's non-monogamous that you're not attracted to and don't want to date to talk to. And then in that conversation, kind of find uh, where some jealousies and insecurities and some fears might pop up and process those both individually and together and with a third party for both of you. It's really important to be talking all the time about feelings, even before you've opened up. And these conversations can last months to years before y'all feel ready. And I think it's important to feel ready before you open up. It is often the case that one partner is ready before the other one is. And sometimes that can get messy. And so if there is a partner that needs that much freedom, then it might be that that relationship might have to end or take a break because a healthy opening up just isn't possible for the two of you. Um, If one of you is on the run constantly and the other of you is kind of stuck, maybe in an insecure, codependent or just unsupported place. And then opening up from being single, um, a lot of the same stuff just by yourself. So start journaling, start simulating things in your head before you start dating polyamorously. Try to find ways that you have messed up relationships in the past and then make commitments to yourself to be better in the future. And some ways that you can do that are to dedicate yourself to complete honesty in all situations. And so if you're a single person deciding to be non-monogamous, then it's time to take off that level of avoidance that you might have about telling other people who you're sleeping with if you're not exclusive or telling other people that you're dating if you're not exclusive. It's really easy in monogamous culture for us to be seeing someone for, you know, days, weeks, months without ever really talking about the other relationships that are going on in our lives because we don't want to ruin the thing in front of us. But if the thing in front of us can be ruined by honesty, as a polyamorous or ethical non-monogamous person, we don't want that relationship. 
So we're committing to have a different kind of relationship. And that means before we enter those relationships, we're processing stuff around our jealousy, around our codependency. And if you decide not to date for a while, which I highly recommend until you decide what kind of polyamorous you want to be and how you're going to do it, you might also want to process some loneliness stuff. Think about the pain of being lonely. Think about the pain of rejection. Um, Think about the insecurity of not having a primary relationship. Think about the insecurity of being chosen second or third by someone, which can be difficult. And if you get this all out of the way at the get-go for yourself and maybe have a trusted friend or a professional that you're talking to about this kind of stuff regularly, then when the relationships come along that align with your values, you will have a strong idea of your values and then even an idea of what actions that you want to take around those values. And so that's an important thing to instill in yourself first. And go online, search the name of your city, and then the word polyamory or non-monogamy, or even like swingers if that's all you can find, (laughs) because maybe you just need someone to talk to. And through that, maybe join some groups, see if you can, you know, post on Facebook and see who connects. If If you're deciding to be open, which I highly recommend, if you feel safe posting online, do it. See who pops up. I've had people that I didn't know were non-monogamous say online, like, hey, I just wanted to come out and I reach out to them and I give them resources. And I love that because it is difficult to find people and it is difficult to find those resources because a lot of people hide that part of themselves. And so if you're searching online and you're not finding anything, then you might just have to post about it, which brings up a whole nother vulnerability that you might want to journal about, right? (laughs) And then of course, when we move on from the how do I get started part, there's like the general question which is, do you get jealous? A lot of people are really scared of jealousy, which is totally valid because jealousy in our culture has really shown us a lot of things to be afraid of. Sometimes like violence, losing a relationship, losing ourselves. And that jealous feeling is totally secondary to the underlying feelings, which we're going to talk about. I do totally get jealous. I get jealous a lot. My jealousy comes from insecurity. I always feel like whoever my partner's with is way better than me in every way. But the more I learn to feel better for myself, the easier that jealousy gets. And so you can cope with it um, by seeing a professional, seeing a polyamory coach, um, finding a poly-friendly counselor or therapist. Journaling, I always think, is really good. If you just, if you're feeling jealous, then just write it down and think of it as a letter to your partner instead of blowing up your partner's phone while they're on a date, right? And then you can also deal with jealousy by scheduling things to do on the night that your partner goes on a date. And I've seen this happen a thousand times where a partner is going on their first date and then the other partner has to be home alone and they're brooding and they're not feeling okay and they try to find some stuff to do. Journaling is a good option, but if you can plan a thing to do on that night, Do that because getting out of the house and out of your head is the best way to kind of show yourself that it's really not that big of a deal. And if you are going to plan something to do on that night, I recommend it being something in a group setting. I've seen a lot more than I'd like to admit someone planning to like go over to someone else's house or like go to dinner with this one individual person. And then that person happens to cancel or um, that person doesn't really want to hold space for a lot of heavy feelings and things end up not working out well. So I would try to get away if you're going to schedule something to do on a date night from it 
feeling like a one-on-one interaction because that can bring up all of those partner feelings. And so instead of feeling in that partnership, go and do something fun for yourself that you like, maybe like going to a concert or a show or a movie alone uh, or going to a group party, Um, finding a place that you like to go where you always know everyone or planning a party yourself, something that's going to be in a group setting that's not going to bring up those partner feelings and that's going to allow you to relax and understand the connectivity of humanity and maybe let some of that jealousy fall off. And then exploring the roots of those jealousy feelings um, should be happening a lot. It should be happening a lot more than just when your partner goes out right? If the only time you're working on your jealousy, your fear, your codependency, and your possessiveness is when they're out of the house, then you're not doing the work that you need to do to support them or to support yourself. So first we'll go over insecurity, which I spoke about a moment ago. Um, So ask yourself the question, do I feel like I'm not good enough? Do I feel like I'm not providing my partner with all of the things that they need? Do I feel like I'm not destined to have a partner? Um, do I feel like I'm not polyamorous enough? Do I feel like my jealousy makes me weak? All of those insecurities can be explored. I would really encourage you to ask yourself those questions. And then there's the fear. Do I feel like I'm going to lose my partner to a new person? Um, do I feel like I'm going to lose my family, my home, uh, my support system, my life outside of this relationship? Am I afraid that polyamory is stepping into a new world and I won't be welcomed back in the world that I'm leaving? A lot of fears can come up. And so those are some good questions to ask. And then another real big one is codependency. And code, the codependency question that I recommend to start with if you're journaling is, do I feel like I should fill all of my partner's needs? And do I feel like they should fill all of mine? And the truth is, even if you're in a monogamous relationship and you decide to stay that way, one person is not going to fill all of your needs and they may not even fill all of your romantic needs. And our attachment to that is normally an attachment from childhood and codependency follows every relationship style and those wounds are deep and our culture really plays on codependency. And it can be an underlying feeling for the fear, the insecurity, and the jealousy that comes out in other places in your life too, like your work life and your friendships. And so codependency is a really great place to start. And there's also a lot of really amazing resources online and communities for healing codependency. So if that's where you feel like your jealousy is coming from, then that might even be good. Because codependency has a lot of information for healing that is easily accessible and it's something that a lot of people struggle with. So you'll have a lot of support in that. Even if those people aren't polyamorous, they can still understand where you're coming from. And so that's useful for you. And then the fourth and final root of jealousy is possessiveness. Do I feel like I own or am entitled to my partner's time because of what I have given them? And if you feel like your partner owes you anything um, or you feel like you have ownership over your partner, then you might want to explore some of the reasons that you feel that way. So a lot of the time it's because you've given them something um, like you've paid for stuff or you've been supporting them emotionally or you've been giving them a lot of time. And now you feel like because of those things that you've given Um, that initially you might have given freely or you may have accidentally given with an ulterior motive, you feel like those give you the right to their time or their attention or their love or their dates or even their choices. 
And so if you feel like you can control someone else's choices, then you might be working with some possessiveness feelings. And so you're going to have to release that idea that you giving someone something uh, means that they have to reciprocate. And in relationships, there's a healthy amount of reciprocation and even co-regulation sometimes, but that doesn't mean that there's ownership. You still don't have the right to choose someone's choices for them. You cannot make choices about what they do or where they go. You can express how it makes you feel when they do that, and you can set boundaries about how much you're willing to take of that, but the feeling that they have to listen to you is not a healthy feeling. And so a good place to start on the work of that Is there someone in your past that ever made you feel that way? So a lot of times it's a parent. Family of origin stuff can come up a lot. And possessiveness is a really great place to start with. um, Or possessiveness is an indicator that there might be some early childhood stuff around your parents or your guardians or even just adults in your life, siblings. If they ever gave you the impression that they owned you, then that probably hurt you. And so it might be time to cry about that, have feelings about that, see where you got hurt when you didn't get to make a choice that you wanted to make or when you didn't get to have the freedom that you wanted to have. If you have a feeling that says, oh, well, nobody can just do whatever they want all the time. They have a responsibility to me. Then some of that might be a little healthy, right? There might be a responsibility or an agreement that you had that's being broken. But if the hurt is creating a really big response to that, a response that's not appropriate for the action that they took, then it might be time to take a step back, even you know a few hours to journal or a couple days to find out the root where you got hurt the first time. So you can release the feeling that anyone owns anyone else. And that's valid advice for monogamous or non-monogamous. If we're feeling those feelings of possessiveness, then we're not showing up as our best. And It gives us the opportunity when we see it to heal those old wounds that we might not otherwise be able to access. So we should be grateful for that. So if you're looking at your insecurity and your fear and your codependency and your possessiveness, try to look on it with gratitude as an opportunity to grow and feel. Because the thing is, the reason we haven't done a lot of this work yet is because we haven't been in a relationship or been in a situation where we had to overcome these feelings before. And sometimes in monogamy, we just get to sit in our insecurity and our fear and our codependency and our possessiveness for a long time. And we get to sit in it with the feeling that it's healthy or justified. And so one of the gifts that polyamory gives us is the ability to look at it as a learning experience rather than as a painful experience. And so finally, I would also give the advice to anyone who's new to polyamory to just make plans for the worst case scenario. I know I briefly mentioned before that you might want to simulate some scenarios in your mind. Sometimes we simulate the stuff that has a direct correlation to um, those jealousy feelings, but we might also want to simulate the stuff that brings up our sadness. So you might want to answer questions together like, what would happen if we decided to separate? And I think everyone should do this pretty early on in their relationship especially if you have property, money, family, all of those earthy things. If you have all that stuff together, then you need to make a plan for what it's going to look like when you separate. Because the unfortunate thing is, if y'all are separating because of your choice to open up the relationship, then the bitterness about that may get in the way of separating seamlessly and lovingly. And so if you make a plan for what it's going to look like if you separate, then it'll be easier 
to not be calling each other names and not be blaming each other for how the relationship ended. Especially if you feel like you're opening up because you might fix, I'm putting in air quotes here, you might fix your relationship by opening up, then definitely make a plan for how to handle separation. Because the thing is, if y'all opened up and now you have you know, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, an envy friend, and y'all are in a polycule and things are falling apart and you have family at home, now all of these people are invited into your suffering and into your pain. And so the best thing that you can do for yourself and for them, including your children, is make a plan and then go back to that plan if you are deciding to separate and see what's going to happen now for the items that you have and for the agreements that you've set and process your feelings about the separation separately from the uh, logistics of your separation. And I recommend that whether you're monogamous or whether you're not. Do it right now if you have someone that you feel safe and close with. And if y'all are opening your relationship up, then I hope you feel safe and close enough to decide what's going to happen if you decide to separate. And then maybe ask yourself, would we be open to living with another partner? This question is really important to ask because it comes up a lot, especially now that like the economy is crumbling and, you know, everyone's broke and life is difficult. Uh, Maybe we want to move our partners in or maybe we want to get a house with our partner. Maybe we want to live separately with other partners instead of cohabitating like we used to. All of those questions need to be asked ahead of time and how you feel about it may change over time. So be open to that. Like, tell yourself, I don't think I'd be open to living with another partner right now, but what are some circumstances that I can see myself actually doing that if I did? And then later, if you're in a situation where you feel like partners are ready to move in together, you can kind of go back to that list that you wrote and say, okay, well, the circumstances do align with what I said before, or I'm feeling more flexible than I used to. And be sure that it's not something like new relationship energy or love bombing um, or a manic episode, right? I'm talking to myself. And, And be sure that you're making the choices based on the values that you have rather than the feelings that you're having right now. And then ask yourself if you want to remain nesting partners. That means living together, having a house together, having kids together. If you would be open to no longer being nesting partners. I've had a lot of people come to me with ultimatums that they're willing to be in a polyamorous relationship with me as long as they're the number one in my life. They want to be my primary. And I've kind of grown out of being okay with that. And I've kind of grown out of accepting that because that's really not what I want anymore. But if you're opening up a relationship, it might be a little more logical to say, Like, yeah, I only really want to do this if we're going to remain nesting partners. And if we feel like something is threatening that, then I kind of want to shut it down, maybe come away for a little while and renegotiate some of our boundaries until it feels safe again, because being nesting partners is my primary need. You know what I mean? And that could be flexible and that could change later. But be sure to set that precedent early on so that if things start getting out of control, y'all can reference your agreement before. It doesn't really feel like this is aligning with what we agreed on. And so I really want to take a break or even just have a conversation. And it's up to the other person to maturely show up for that and to show up for that as an adult and be ready to maybe tell their other partners, Hey, you know, some boundaries are being crossed. We don't feel super safe. We need to have a conversation about this. Right. And the more people that are involved in a relationship, the harder it is. It's hard, dude. It's not going to be easy. You're going to have to tell four people that, hey, we're not feeling okay and we need to take a break for a second. And all those four people have to manage their own reactions too, right? That's why it's so important that we do the work before we open up. And if those other people aren't doing their work and they're blowing up, then that's on them, not on you as nesting partners. 
who have a responsibility to one another because that's what you agreed on in the beginning. And then another question I would probably want to ask, just because this can get out of hand, is how do we want to handle fights with our metamors? And a metamor is a partner of your partner. So for example, if I have a girlfriend and they have a boyfriend and I'm having a fight with that boyfriend, how do I want to come to my girlfriend with that information, right? And I want to talk to my girlfriend about that before we get in a situation where I feel unsafe talking to either of them or I feel unsafe bringing up the things that are bothering me. So some ways that you might want to handle disagreements are, you know, do we want to have a group chat? Do we want to sit down together in person? Um, Do we want to limit our communication during that time? The important thing is to not be dishonest with any of the partners. So if I'm sticking my girlfriend in the middle of my fight with my metamor, I'm going to be honest with both of them. Nothing's going to be hidden. And that's the important part is the honesty. And honesty is so hard. We really want to hide stuff from people to protect them or to protect our ego. And that kind of behavior is not conducive to non-monogamy and it's not conducive to healthy love. So we want to make agreements early on, maybe before we open the relationship up, or if we get a metamor and we're like, hey, you know, I see that you're dating this new guy. I want to set up some communication boundaries around like how I want to talk to them and how, how you want me to talk to you about disagreements that we have or uncomfortabilities that we have so that nobody is in the dark about what's happening with any of our relationships. And I know a lot of that might sound kind of clunky and awkward, especially if you haven't really had a lot of those conversations before, but I really encourage you to try it because it feels so good when it's done. And if you feel like you're on a level where you can have those conversations and your partner isn't, then that's a good place to start. Or if you feel like you're on that level to have those conversations, but all the people you're dating aren't, then you're just going to have to keep working on your loneliness and codependency stuff because it's not a requirement for you to be in a relationship. And if people aren't meeting you where you're at and having those honest conversations, then it's better to just be single and wait for the world to level up to you, right? Surround yourself with different kinds of people. And it's difficult work especially not even just being non-monogamous because everybody's sleeping around. Being honest and being truthful in a world where we celebrate being dishonest and we celebrate insecurity, fear, codependency, and possessiveness, being in that world makes it kind of hard for us to date the way that we want to date, right? And so having support for one another, finding connective relationships that aren't romantic, all of that stuff can be really useful. If you are interested in some kind of coaching or consultation, I would really recommend um, going online. If you go to Facebook, you can search Sincerely Sky Coaching. She's been on the show before. She's a really amazing polyamorous coach in person, and she has a lot of free resources online as well. Or you can email me at polywannapodcast at gmail.com. And in the subject line, just put consultation or booking. And then if you have general questions to ask, I'm going to try to answer as many as I can on the show this season. So go ahead and ask your questions and I'll see if I can get it on the show. And if you're in the Houston area, we're having a meetup on Sunday, February 2nd. We're making Valentine's Day cards together. So I would love it if you joined us for that if you're in town. It's at Natsuo 314 Main Street, five bucks, and you can register at the link, which is in the description of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. 